0: Welcome to the Kesset Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you'd like to find out more about Kesset, you can head to Kessetchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Well, good morning and welcome to Kesset Church. If you're new with us, my name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm so excited that you tuned in, whether you're on Facebook or you're watching at Kesset Online. Uh, I want to say, as a matter of fact, that last week we had more people stream with us and watch our service with us Sunday online than we normally do on a Sunday morning where everybody shows up and physically attends. So, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. Uh, I want to start today uh, off with prayer. I know there's a lot of people out there that are, uh, that are struggling right now. Uh, we talked last week about all the people who are currently sick. All the people who are struggling with um, this and other things. We talked about the folks on the front line who are out there serving and helping. And we want to make sure and lift you up. And then, of course, everybody that uh, is, is unsure about their jobs, unsure about their finances. Uh, this stuff this stuff, adds so much stress to, to, to us and to our lives. And we just want to recognize that as a very real and, and authentic thing to, to lay before God. I also wanna recognize people who uh, are experiencing loss and maybe it's, a, maybe it's a different kind of loss. Maybe uh, it's, a, it's a senior that, that is missing out on sports or connecting with friends. Maybe it's a, 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 a child that's, that's missing out on having a birthday. Uh, there's all kinds of loss happening right now in our city. And, and really in our, in our nation, and so uh, I just want to spend some time and recognize that. I want to pray that, uh, that God comforts you, that you, uh, that you experience more than your circumstances, and that you, uh, you find hope in him, so let's do that now. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I ask that you, uh, you would just enter every room and every place that's, that's watching right now, that, God, you would bring your comfort, that you would bring your peace, that it would be more than, uh, than circumstances that uh, control how we are feeling and how we are responding. But that, God, we would seek uh, the, the, the higher focus, that we would seek you, Lord. That although we do not understand so much of what is happening right now, we know, God, that, that you are still in control. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we just lift each and every one of these things that I earlier talked about up to you. Thank you so much for being a God who is close to us, who is connected to us, who is intimate with us. We just bless your name in spite of all the struggle. We praise you, Lord. And all of God's people said in all of their front rooms, amen. Amen. Uh, I'm excited that you're here. As I said, we're going to continue in our We the Church series. Um, This series is is about uh, getting connected with the way that the Spirit is moving, getting connected with uh, the fruit that comes when you are spending time with God. Uh, Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Last week we spoke about this first fruit of the Spirit, the, the, that fruit of love. And, and we, we talked about our need to do really three things. First, to care for ourselves. To recognize that, that we are going through something significant. To name those emotions that are inside us and to be willing to be honest about that. To tell people that we're frustrated or we're angsty or we're, 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 we're struggling with fear. Whatever it is, this is what we're supposed to do to care for ourselves. We're supposed to create some space and name those emotions that, that we're all, each and every one of us, dealing with. We talked next about making sure to care for your family and friends to give them space for their emotions, to check in with them, to, to ask about them, to, to, to inquire about what's going on inside of them, to make sure and, and, and uh, send a text or an email or a phone call because loneliness is a real thing. And it's, it's so important that we remember our family and our friends at this time to make sure they know that we're here, we're in this with them, even if we can't reach out and give them a hug like we so badly want to. Lastly, we talked about caring for your neighbors And your community we talked about what it means to to recognize that we are part of a greater whole to recognize that that we have a job to 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 meet needs we have a job to to put others as equal to us if not in front of us this is a hard thing to do when we're afraid and when we're scared but it's so so very important I, I was excited to, uh, to, to, to find out later in the week that this, this love topic has really been sort of a theme uh, for what's been going on all throughout our country. There's, there's all kinds of people choosing love in the midst of angst right now. And as a matter of fact, I want to show you a video of some of the things that are happening around our country, around our world, and uh, they're just great ways to highlight the way and the power that love makes an impact. Please watch. So many powerful things happening in the name of love. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about another fruit of the Spirit. And that fruit of the Spirit might feel a little misplaced, but I'm here to tell you I I don't think it is. And that's the fruit of joy. Joy. Joy is a difficult thing to experience when something this this drastic is happening to so many people. It's hard to to escape to a place where you can find any sort of relief from all of the uh, struggle that's going on in our community and our world right now. And so, of course, it would be hard to find joy. Uh, I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about today, and I came across an article by a woman by the name of Melissa Kruger. Uh, she, she was writing this article in relation to a book that she had come out called, In All Things, a Nine-Week Devotional Bible Study on Unshakable Joy. And this is one of the quotes that, that she said that really got me. And so then I began to study more in the article. And much of it is, is the material I want to share with you today. This is the quote she said. A Christian's joy is rooted in theological understanding that overflows into our daily lives. It affects the watching world, the church, and is important to Jesus. This, I, it was so powerful that I thought, okay, I want to know more. I want to know more. And so I want to look at each of these things, the watching world, the church, and of course, Jesus. And I want to I spend some time with you this morning uh, really looking at how joy is supposed to be viewed through each of those lenses. So let's start off with the first one, the world and joy. The Bible teaches us this idea that a joyful heart shines the truth of what we believe to the world. It emphasizes over and over and over that joy matters. It's, 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 it's spread all throughout the Bible. It proclaims that although Christians are not immune to hardship, trial, and suffering, we are supposed to experience our, our, uh, our struggles differently than other people do. Although we still experience them, we're supposed to experience them differently than other people do. This is because we are the only ones that have absolute hope, no matter the depth of the darkness. First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, listen to this, for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. Think about that. A Christian's hope is supposed to shine to the watching world so brightly that we have to be constantly prepared to defend it. Basically, Peter is saying we should expect and be ready for instances where people are approaching us asking, Why are you so hopeful? How are you still smiling? Why are you still walking around proclaiming that, 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 that God is in control when it's clear that this world is spinning itself down and, and out? We do this because our theology and our understanding of God's redemptive plan allows us to hold joy and sorrow side by side and not be in opposition to one another. We believe that we can hold those two things side by side. We've taught a lot about this at it's our It's this idea of both and. It's this, it's this idea that, that, that although there is great suffering in the world, there is still a great savior. We can, in other words, we can mourn circumstances that are hard and at the same time rejoice in a God who works all things for good. Some of you, of course, know a woman by the name of Joni Erickson Tata. When Joni was a teenager, she was paralyzed from the shoulders down in a diving accident. She described those who suffer in profound ways yet still have hope and joy as she called them spectacles of glory. She says, they're like the burning bush Moses saw and was confused by. How could the bush be on fire and yet not consumed? The bush was an example of a spectacle of glory, something that made you turn and look in wonder. Joni explained it this way, She said, Christians who suffer faithfully shine the light of Christ in a way that is perplexing to the watching world. It causes people to ask, why are you so hopeful? And so I just want to take just a second and ask, are you hopeful right now? Not not, do you understand, not does it all make sense, not do you have enough, not are you secure? Those aren't the things I'm asking. I'm asking you the same things, and I'm asking myself this as well. Am I hopeful that this God that I serve is big enough and bold enough to lead me through this? The world simply can't understand this. They can't understand how a person could be joyful, how a person could be patient, how a person could be kind to other people in the midst of their own hardship. And that is exactly, church, why we are supposed to do it. Because in this way, profound suffering opens us up to be a spectacle of glory for all the world to see the beauty of Christ in us. It demonstrates we have something greater in this world. We proclaim with the psalmist in Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is someone who knows what it means to suffer and proclaim God's goodness in spite of it. And so I recognize that within your life right now, you are experiencing most likely some deep, deep suffering. And I also recognize that within your life right now, we serve a God who is after you, who is loving you, who is pursuing you, and who wants you to know him more. I hope, I pray that, that we as God's people can understand that, that we as God's people can be that, that kind of joy to this world around us. Next, let's talk about the church and joy. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church, he shared with them that he had a lot of concern for their well being, he knew they had suffered greatly. And he was deeply concerned about how that was affecting their new faith. And so he sent Timothy to them to check on them. Timothy returns a while later. Timothy returns and says with a positive report that the Thessalonians are standing firm in hope and faith. And so in the midst of his own suffering... Paul is encouraged. He writes in response to that news, 1 Thessalonians 3.7, In all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. He finds life in in the joy they find in their suffering. He finds life. This is because, this is because as we stand firm in hope, rejoicing in the Lord, the church is encouraged. And so, I love this, our joy in the Lord stirs up fresh courage in others, blessing our brothers and sisters in and with our faith. This is what we do, church. This is who we're supposed to be. Not only is the world watching, but our fellow brothers and sisters are watching. They're watching our Facebook posts. They're watching the way that we walk ourselves through this. We're watching, they're watching our prayer life. They're watching our generosity. They're watching all of these things. And so I just wanna encourage you as a church, don't stop being the church. Don't stop being generous. Don't stop serving. Don't stop giving. Don't stop leading. Don't stop praying. Don't stop being a part of your faith community for it is such an important thing to do in spite of the circumstances right now. It's a beautiful, beautiful, powerful thing that the church gets to experience when we all do this together. Next, let's talk about Jesus and joy. On the night before he died, Jesus shared a final meal and a conversation with his disciples. Though they didn't fully understand all that Jesus was about to do, they did understand that he was letting them know some important things. He was letting them know his time was short and he was letting them know that he wanted them to uh, to understand it as clearly as they could and he wanted to encourage them. He assured them that although he was going away, he would come back for them. He told them that if they loved him, they would obey him. And he explained to them that the spirit would come and dwell within them and be with them and comfort them. And then Jesus explained why he was telling them this. And that was because he was on his way to the cross. He was preparing to endure unimaginable pain. And yet at this moment, what was on his mind what goal prompted his last words to those he loved? Why would he spend all this time encouraging them and comforting them? And I'll tell you why, because he told them in John 15, 11. He says, all these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He shared all these things that, that his joy his joy may be in them and that their joy may be full. In the midst of everything Jesus was walking toward, all of the struggle, all of the difficulties, all of the pain, all of those things, Jesus was concerned about their joy. At the height of his own agony, his love desired their joy, incredible. Just absolutely incredible. His love desired for them to find more than their circumstances. And so he spent that time with them. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus pursued the cross for the joy that was set before him that he was going to bring us this joy that he defeated death, the joy that he, it, that, he could, that he could communicate his greatness over all difficulty and circumstances, the joy that he's still pouring into his believers today. This is why we need to recognize that we find joy in Jesus through our suffering. I'm not minimizing the suffering. I'm not trying to change it or, or, or distract us from it. I'm proclaiming that it is happening, that it is valid, that it is painful, and that Jesus is still with you. That he is still with me. That he is still spending time connecting and weaving my fears into something more than, than, than my unknown angst that he is still over our, our building project that we're right in the middle of, that he is still over all of the, the prayer requests that we don't know how to meet, that he is overseeing uh, the, the, the future of my family, that he is overseeing my loved ones, uh, especially my, my older loved ones, that he is overseeing all of these things it brings me so much joy because it is not something that changes based on the difficulties and the struggle that I experienced. It is something more than that and beyond that. This whole conversation, this whole meal of joy that Jesus is having with them while he explains what's happening is uh, the one we still celebrate as a church body today and it's known as communion. It points to a hope and a joy that is beyond all circumstances. These people were being hunted during this time. They were were afraid for their lives and Jesus was was communing with them and bringing joy to them despite of the difficulties that they were experiencing outside that upper room. And so I want you to remember, remember, (laughs) I want you to remember, hey, look, it's live, folks. Sometimes things happen. I want you to remember that in this way, our joy matters for more than ourselves. It matters for more than, than, than just us. It matters for our world. It matters for our communities. It matters for uh, Jesus. It matters for all of these different things that are impacting us in such a deep and powerful way. And so in this way, we can remember that joy causes the world to question the church, to question the church to rejoice and is the hope of our Savior. Those three things right there, that's what joy does. It causes the world to question, the church to rejoice, and is the hope of our Savior. This is why joy is so important. This is why you sitting there right now listening to this, trying your hardest to find that place where you can feel like like God's comfort is reaching you is so important because it is joy that you need to look for. Not answers to why, not, not maybe even a strategy to survive. It is first and foremost your duty to proclaim the joy of Christ in the midst of your difficulty. And then from that place, I believe, I believe that there can become a, a sense of clarity, a sense of purpose as to how you are to go through this time. Because I'm here to tell you, it's not easy. It's not going to make it all better. We're just not one of those churches. We don't preach those sermons. That you can just, that you can just uh, you know, uh, walk everything out through, through a, a great verse and a solid sermon. As good as this is, folks, as good as this sermon is right now, I know that it's not going to alleviate your suffering. And I'm so sorry for that. But I know that I serve a God whose Holy Spirit can bring you joy in the midst of it anyways. That's that's what I believe. My greatest hope for you this morning is that you find that place of joy. That you come, sit in communion with Jesus who desires to be near to you. And so... Here's what I'd like us all to do next. I shared earlier in the week when I did an invitational video to this sermon that we're going to do something I've never done before called a wherever you are and with whatever you have communion. We're going to experience uh, what it means to allow our tables to become our churches. And so what I want you to do is uh, I want you to get up in just a moment and go into your kitchen and find whatever you can. Find whatever you can to take communion with. Communion is, is a tradition that brings us back to the body of Christ, to remembering that, that, that joyful meal in that upper room during a time of great suffering. And so I want you to do that. I want you to go and find anything you can. You can, you can find juice if you have it. You can find some bread if you have crackers. If, if you got a little bit of, of chicken pot pie, I don't care, whatever it is. You, you find whatever you have and you come back with your family and then I'm gonna lead you in communion. I hope right now that you take a moment to reflect on all that God is doing as he tries to draw near to you because he's waiting to connect with you in the midst of this struggle. He's waiting to whisper joy back into your life. I hope that you sit and I hope that you listen and I hope that you receive. I wish that I could fix all the stuff going on in your worlds right now, but I can't. All I can do is point you to the feet of Jesus because that's the only place I know, the only place I know, that we can have the needs met we really need met. And so let's just take some time, let's reflect on this worship song, and I'll come back and lead you in this. Amen.
1: I come, I come, I come to Thee, Jesus Let me know you are here How I need you How I need you To reveal yourself to me Jesus, unveil your how. Lord let me send your love How I need you How I need you To reveal yourself to me Through the thunderous, thunderous storm O'er the still of the morning? Through the wondrous sight? or a word in the night time? Through your unchanging truth? Through the breath of your Spirit? In my question and pain? Whisper words of your love Always the same Jesus be near to me Let me know you are here How I need you How I need you to be near to me oh yes how I need you Lord how I need Of your spirit in my question and pain, whisper words of your love, always the same. Jesus, be near to me, let me know you are here. How I need you, how I need you, to reveal yourself to me.
0: Welcome back. Uh, I hope you found some stuff uh, to take your wherever you are and with whatever you have communion. Um, I found a, a little bottle of water and uh, a packets of Ritz that I, I think may be expired, but but I, I think it'll work. I think it'll work just fine. We're going to be reading from Matthew 26:28. This is what it says. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Let's take that communion now. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we recognize your, uh, your broken body, as we recognize your shed blood, as we sit within the feelings that we're experiencing, as we, as we love uh, our neighbors, as we, as we proclaim uh, love over our city, as we recognize God that although we don't feel joyful, joy is still to be had. We just, we just move forward Lord with you into the place that you're leading us. We move forward to that place at the cross that although full of great suffering, although full at that time of of unbelievable levels of unknownness, that God, you still met every need that was willing to receive you. And so we receive this communion now, Lord. We receive this communion and we lift it up to you. We proclaim it. We are thankful for it. We just praise you, Father, for for the way that you are going to to continue to make yourself known and to continue to bring joy into our lives. We are grateful. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. We're going to move into a time of prayer beyond this, a, a prayer in the comments. Pastor Chris Potter will be there. Uh, and uh, so please comment anything that you're wrestling with. Also, uh, feel free to, uh, to uh, if you're watching Kesset Online, to click the prayer request card. Uh, it's really, really important that, that uh, we are able to hear from you guys. Also, throughout the week, if you're on Facebook, we have some live prayer times. Uh, let's just continue to lift what it is we're dealing with together up before our God. I love you, church. I'm so excited to, uh, to continue to walk with you through this. Continue to bring joy into the world. Shine that light. May Jesus' name be glorified. Amen.